Up next, from the O'Reilly European Open Source Convention, Marcel Den Hartog talks about the three degrees of separation in OS technology partnerships in this presentation from IT Conversations. Hello, this is Doug Kay, the Executive Director of the Conversations Network, and today I'm excited to bring you another presentation from the 2005 European Open Source Convention held October 17th through 20th, 2005 in Amsterdam. The Conversations Network is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and if you'd like us to produce new and even more exciting programs in the future, we need your help. For a tax-deductible donation of as little as $5 per month, you can support this channel and the rest of the Conversations Network. So please visit conversationsnetwork.org to become a member and help us continue to bring our programs to the world for free. Our audio files are delivered by Limelight Networks, the high-performance content delivery network for digital media. Thank you, Limelight, for your support of the Conversations Network. And now, here's our presentation from the European Open Source Convention. I think it was earlier this year, perhaps late last year, um, Computer Associates made the interesting move of open sourcing their database, um, Ingress, which has been around for a long time, enterprise-ready, scalable this, replicable that. It's, it's a big baby. And it was kind of surprising. It came out of the blue. Uh, and the initial response was, yes, well, of course, they're open sourcing it. You know, it must be the end of life for the product, and they're just going to give it away because it's dead. That uh, turned out to be completely wrong. In fact, they made more money after open sourcing it than they had been before. And they sort of led the way for a, a change of thinking within some of the large computer companies that perhaps some of the biggest, strongest, most closely held products that they had um, could be more valuable to them if they were open sourced than, than if they were a closed proprietary product. Uh, so I'm, it was with, with a great deal of interest that I, I got the, um, the next presentation. So, I'd like you to please uh, make wel welcome Marcel. Oh, Den Hartog, that's me. Den Hartog. Thank you. Good morning. Technology partnerships in, in the industry have always been important, but always been things like, you know, I partner with A and we put it on a nice piece of paper and we call the press and everybody reads about it and then a lot of things don't happen, basically, because it looks good on paper. However, in the open source community, these things are getting more and more important because I saw here this morning that there are a lot of smaller companies. We all want to make great products that are used by big companies and we all want to make at least a little bit of money to get some cheese on our bread. So how do you pick the right partnerships and, and how does that actually work? If you look at the world at this moment, and I'm... I'm I work for a big software company. We've been around a long time. We have large clients. So I talk to all the big people that have iron in the house. I talk to people that are thinking of extending their data center with about 500 square meters because they have no room to put the next blade racks in. Right? So that's the amount of space they need. New air conditioning systems that could save them a million dollars a year just on cooling IT equipment. I'm talking about those companies. What are they all looking for? Well, they want to save money. They want to be more efficient. Every client we go to says, up front, I need to save 20% next year. 
And there are a number of ways they can do that. First of all, outsourcing. I don't know about some of the countries that are here, but in the Netherlands, outsourcing is big. I mean, it's been in the papers over the last couple of years. ABN AMRO just outsourced a big part of their IT infrastructure uh, to IBM, to EDS. There is huge, huge money involved here, all because people can think they can run more efficiently. Consolidation. Again, we're in this nice wave where we put things on mid-range systems and then we bring them all back in again and then we probably go back in the next few years to move them all on smaller systems, on remote locations again. But something new has happened and it's open source and a lot of companies are now looking at open source as a way to be more efficient. The drivers, you all know about them. Lower cost, it's community focused which has a very positive, people get a very positive feeling about that. Uh, unrestrictive licensing, that's how a lot of companies look at it, their lawyers think uh, differently. And the open innovation model, you know, innovation comes from small groups of people, no longer from large IT departments or large software development companies. It is ready for mission critical systems. A lot of big companies now realize that they are running sometimes over 80 open source products in production already. And I'm talking about banks, uh, governmental agencies and, and stuff like that. And they're shocked. I mean, they were never aware that they were running this type of software in these massive amounts actually in production. And imagine the shock. I mean, when they buy software, they have all kinds of restrictions and policies and pieces of paper and contracts. And, and people like CA and IBM and, and CompuWare and Microsoft suffer from that because we have to fulfill all those criteria. And now they suddenly find out that they have 80 open source products running in their production environments. What happens if this thing goes wrong? What happens if it fails? Where do I go to? Who do I blame? Who gives me the money if I fail? That's the worry of, of a lot of large companies. And what has changed as well is the ease of migration from existing products to open source products because open source products have proven, especially in the last years, to be very open and very flexible. Now the three degrees of separation is a title that is sort of derived from an official book by, and, and forgive me if there are any Hungarian people here, Frigis Karinti. He wrote a book, The Six Degrees of Separation, which basically said between me and President Bush in the United States, there are only six people. Now I know Paul Everett, so that leaves only just one person. So my, my way is even shorter. So between you and any other person in the world, there are basically six steps. There was a guy in the US that thought, I need to prove that. So what he did was, he gave six people a package and he said, you need to send this package to this person in this city. You cannot use any of your friends because, I didn't know. So think of who you could use best to get this package to that particular person. And he actually proved that it could be done in six steps. Which makes you think, you know, I need to send something to Milwaukee. Who do I know there? I don't know anybody. So you need to find somebody who might know somebody else who lives there and, and send the package. So it actually works. But you don't use strong ties, right? A strong tie would mean I go to Paul because I know him very well and I know he knows President Bush. So that would be a, an easy one, right? But a weak tie means I don't know the guy at the other end, but I do know someone who might know someone else who maybe knows someone else. It's a weak tie. But it, 
means that you can actually rely on weak ties and it, they allow you to be very flexible. Now, if you look at IT, we basically only have three degrees of separation from the end user. And the first one being the database. We started off with selling databases directly to end users almost. Products like DBase and Clipper and stuff like that were basically part of the application that was eventually used by the end user. That has changed. Then we have the application server side, the middleware part where there's also the security and stuff like that. And at the end, the application, the things that the end user actually sees and where he makes money with at the moment, right? So if you look at it, databases have changed. Database is now considered a commodity. Where the database was actually something that was sold to the company, things like Oracle and, and we did with Ingress. <coughs> we actually went to a company and said, you need to buy this database. It's brilliant and you can build nice applications on top of it and then you will make some money at the end. Nobody was making money with a database. Everybody was making money with the application, but we were still selling the database. Really strange if you think about it. So the market sort of developed that way, and there is hardly a way you're selling a new database now. Right? You try to replace other databases, you'll build an application on top of a database, you'll sell the application with the embedded database. You won't really sell new databases anymore. Then the second degree of separation was the application server. That's where we are. We're sort of moving away from that now slowly. The security part, the app server, the middleware was something that was really hot about four years ago. The name BEA alone made people excited. You know, oh, middleware. Oh. I never understood that. I understand databases and applications. The whole middleware thing never did anything for me. And the third part is the application. That's where we can actually go to people and say, this is where you make money with. This allows you to do this more efficient, faster, better, you can save some money. That also meant that people were now buying combinations of the first two packaged into the third one. Right? So in order to come up with the killer app or whatever app that would allow you to make some money, people started more and more to find different pieces from the first degree and the second degree, the databases and the application server, to come up with a package that would suit the needs of the end user. So in other cases, we slowly see technology stacks arising. Because a technology stack allows you to go to build a very flexible solution for your different types of customers. <clears throat> Let me give you an example. I would love to say that everybody needs Ingress as a database. Brilliant. But that's not the case. Ingress has been around for 20, 25 years. It allows you to do replication, distributed processing, all that stuff that a lot of companies don't need. But if you want to grow bigger with your application, you probably do. So you might end up with selling a lightweight version or offering a lightweight version of your solution with a lightweight database on it. And then again, if you want to grow bigger or if your clients grow bigger, you maybe want to replace that with an industrial strength database that allows you to do distributed processing and all that stuff. So a technology stack allows you to do that, combining different parts from the different separations and then come up with a stack that allows you to build this flexible solution. And we're doing that ourselves. I mean, CA has now developed an MDB for those people um, who know it's, it's basically a database, a, a configuration management database that has all your IT infrastructure stuff in it. 
with all the relations and everything, which allows you to go to one place to find out how well you're doing with your SLAs and stuff. And then the middleware layer is basically the stuff that I already explained. And then the top layer allows you to write reports and browse your data and, and things like that. We can make this very flexible. We can basically offer this to a small company and we can start growing it and grow the stack with it once you go to larger size companies. Now, why would you be interested in this? Well, for one simple reason. The sales and the marketing cost of a company that sells commercial software are high. But it's not really a problem because we make a lot of money as well, if we do things well, right? Our license cost pays us enough to do proper marketing. However, since you are doing open source, you don't have these license costs. And you, so you can spend less time building the stack, marketing your stack, doing the PR and all that stuff. So wherever you can save money as well, it, it is important for you because it allows you to come up with a better solution and a better time to market, a better product to market and, and things like that. So what do you need to do when you start marketing your open source software stack or your open source solution? Because people are looking for solutions now. They're not looking for little utilities. Maybe they are looking for little utilities, but you won't make any money with it because the utility itself will not generate the services business or the maintenance business that you might be looking for. So to come up with a good stack or with a good solution, you need to shop around and find the product that you can add to your solution to come up with a solution for the person you are trying to sell to. And that's only possible if your solution and the solutions you're trying to work with comply to open standards. And this is the only reason, and it's not because open standards are important for whoever, it's not because government people want open standards. For you, open standards are only important because it allows you to create a flexible solution that allows you to find the clients that you want to find to go to market to. You cannot build a not open solution because that will restrict you in your growth, in your marketing, in your everything. It will restrict you and your product to be part of a software stack, to be part of a software solution. So open standards is really, really important. To give you an example, if you want to sell your product, it's very important that other people tell other people that your product is really, really good, right? Now, who tells other people that your product is good? Gartner tells those people. And they listen to Gartner, believe me. Uh, the Gartner conference is on in November and all the hotshots of the IT industry and all our clients go there and they eat and drink all that Gartner stuff. And the magic quadrant hangs on walls of IT directors and they just love that shit. So if you want to be up there, and some open source products are up there, and it makes people use these open source products, how can you get your product up there? If you are writing a content management product or a security product or whatever, and parts of the stack that you are using are already part of this magic quadrant, you'll be up there somewhere as well, which will make you or help you generate more business. Now, to give you an example, uh, one of the partners we are working with is a company called Data Allegro. They were building a data warehousing appliance and they were looking for an underlying database to do parallel queries. And they had been looking at the open source community and there was not really an open source database that allowed them to do that in a massive form that they wanted to. 
So they chose Ingress and they are very, very popular with the product and Ingress helped them to move up dramatically in the Gartner Magic Quadrant, which made industry people look at their solution. So that's my story on who to partner with in the IT industry if you want to build a good open source solution that can be part of an open source tech. If you want to know more about it, because my time's passed, please visit our boot. Thank you very much. You've been listening to a presentation from the 2005 European Open Source Convention held October 17th through 20th, 2005 in Amsterdam. The Conversations Network is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And if you'd like us to produce new and even more exciting programs in the future, we need your help. For a tax-deductible donation of as little as $5 per month, you can support this channel and the rest of the Conversations Network. So please visit conversationsnetwork.org to become a member and help us continue to bring our programs to the world for free. Our audio files are delivered by Limelight Networks, the high-performance content delivery network for digital media. Thank you, Limelight, for your support of the Conversations Network. The post-production audio engineer for this program was Jeremy Glenn. Our website editor was Joel Cherney. The series producer is George Hawthorne. My name is Doug Kay, and I hope you'll join me next time for more from the European Open Source Convention here on IT Conversations.